Good morning. Welcome to PCC, where we're worshiping Jesus Christ, living out God's love, or transforming communion by the Holy Spirit. Um, second week of Advent, candle of peace. Got a couple announcements for us. First is, you'll notice in your orders of worship, there is an envelope for deacons funds. This goes to the least and the lost. If you came in via the front door, you'll see um, there's more people in need than ever. Um, it's, yeah, so this goes directly to those folk that need it. So this is for over and above your tithes and offerings. Also, coming up in a couple weeks, we got your Christmas concert. The King is Born. Also, this week, um, right after the service, we'll be having our annual Christmas party. Um, and I've been asked to ask everybody right after the service, just go into the fellowship hall, have a seat. I'll pray over the meal. And I believe they're planning on bringing the meals to the tables to bypass any bottlenecking. You know what I mean? Last Sunday, Ad Rath challenged me to come to the lunch bunch. And I'm coming to the lunch bunch. And Ed Rath and probably 20 other women <laughs> are going to be having lunch together. It's Newport Rib Company. I think Steve Atkins is, is jumping in. and So come join us this Wednesday for the Lunch Bunch. Any other announcements? I think you can look at your order of worship. Next oh, next Sunday. Lessons and carols. Festival of carols. Festival of carols. I still called it the Lessons of Carols, I yeah, think. There's lessons in them. There are lessons. <laughs> Would you please stand with me for the order of worship? No, not call, the order of worship, the call to worship. That's what it's called. Our call to worship comes from Psalm 80. And I'll be reading from the King James Version. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, thou that leadest Joseph like a flock, thou that dwellest between the cherubims shine forth. Before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh, stir up thy strength and come and save us. Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine and we shall be saved. Let's worship the Lord.
Please be seated. And I'm going to invite up Gretchen and Linda for our lighting of the candle of peace. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Gretchen. And I've been a, a very pleased member of your congregation for really a year and a half or so now. And I was proud to join the, the numbers in, of, of our church. Um, I, I, I just want to share with you, I've sung all my life, and then suddenly my voice went away, which was kind of destiny. But I was blessed in that I spent a lot of time during the night just thinking about things and God was was blessing me because I have songs going through my mind constantly and remember so many of the old beautiful hymns that we were brought up with. So that's, that's my smile for the morning. So that gives her peace, and we're lighting the candle of peace today. I'm Linda... And I'd like to springboard off of Lloyd Bennett's God moment from last week and tell you a quick little story, if I may, if you will indulge me, about something that I've been referring to as a God thing for the last few months. Um, Most of you don't know that I'm a blessed mother of four adult children, daughters who are 40 and 38, and sons who are 30 and 29. And a lot of you who have children in that age range I'm sure, oftentimes worried about how they can pay rent or if they'll ever be able to buy a house. And my 30-year-old son, who's an Air Force veteran, got married a year ago yesterday and has been living in my house up in Rio Linda, California, while I've been down care partnering with my mom. And he and his wife started looking for a house, and you know how difficult that is. And I try to keep in touch with my friends and former church members up in Rio Linda. And one day I got on the phone and my friend says, oh, did you know Ann and Steve are selling their house? And Ann and Steve are also Air Force veterans. They're a kind couple in their late 70s who hired my sons as early teenagers to do yard work. And if you know how, that, how important that is to young teenage boys, but we used to have our Christian ed barbecues and picnics in their backyard, and we're well familiar with their house. And so I called Ann the next morning, and she said, oh, yeah, we're having a photographer come out on Saturday to take pictures, and we're putting it on the market on Tuesday. And this was on a Wednesday morning. And between that Wednesday and that Tuesday, the two realtors were able to work back and forth, and lo and behold, my son and his wife bought the home that our friends have lived in for 55 years and are now living in a nice little house on an acre and a half of land and are expecting their first son a month from now. So to me, peace means knowing that your family is well provided for. And that's not only me and my mom, but it's my kids that are all over the state of California, and I'm blessed to be here as well.
The Apostle James had this to say. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Standing on that promise, let us together confess our sins against God and neighbor. Merciful God, you pardon all who truly repent and turn to you. We humbly confess our sins and ask your mercy. We have not loved you with a pure heart, nor have we loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not done justice, loved kindness, or walked humbly with you, our God. Have mercy on us, O God, in your loving kindness. In your great compassion, cleanse us from our sin. Do not cast us away from your presence, or take your Holy Spirit from us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation, and sustain us with your bountiful spirit. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into this world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Brothers and sisters, in Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God.
Good morning. Um, I wanted to just uh, say a few words about uh, the next uh, two Sundays. Uh, as Pastor Jason said, we're going to have uh, um, worshiping and celebrating Christmas with band. And it's going to be an enhanced band. We're going to have two more singers. We're going to have uh, electric violin, and a specialist in that. He was here before. It's going to be a great and magnificent celebration of Christmas. That's going to be next Sunday. Uh, Sunday after that, on the 17th, is going to be the choir presentation. And it's going to be a little bit of a different. The title is very pompous. The, the king is born. And we're going to have uh, some fortes in there. But also, the specific of this presentation is going to be a more intimate, very relatable tunes and music that will resonate, I hope, with everybody. So we're going to have a kind of a family atmosphere around this music. Uh, we do have in the choir... So, again, this is going to be December 17 at 10 o'clock. And uh, we, we have, for people who want to give a few uh, of these postcards around, we have this. And, yeah, and I could make it available for people who want to give around these things. Um, yeah, uh, they are in the choir room, so please see me if you want to get one of these cards or, or two or three or something like this.
Beautiful, beautiful. Hmm. Second week of Advent. Just a reminder, Advent means arrival. It's the season in which we celebrate and look back on the coming of our king in the form of a baby, his first arrival. And it's also a time where we look forward to his second arrival, the triumphant king, and bringing with him the, the reign that will last forever in the kingdom triumphant. This passage has both. And which is interesting because it was written a thousand years before the birth of our Savior. And so Isaiah gives us a picture of Jesus' first arrival and it gives us a picture of his second. And P.S., it also has the cross woven through it. Preparing for this sermon, I've always heard this text. But as I started to drill down, like, have you ever been to Disneyland? Hold on to your hats and glasses, because this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. That's what it says on Thunder Mountain. Anybody know that one? Another thing, um, in the immediate context, Isaiah has been talking. His visions from God and his words from God have been um, dealing with immediate rising pressures. Not unlike how we have, right? There's a lot of war going on. Yes or no? Okay, good. I'm a real connector. You know, that's one of my... And I like having a connection with y'all. And these words in the immediate context, Isaiah is convinced are looking through dark times for the bright days past those dark times. Do you follow? Okay. Enough of me jibber-jabbering. Let's read some scripture. Here's Isaiah chapter 9. I'm going to start in verse 1. But there will be no more gloom for those who were in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, of them light has shined. You have multiplied the nations. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled into blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child 
has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests on his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace. For the throne of David and his kingdom, he will establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, we praise you this morning for sending your son. We praise you this morning for sending your son to take on our burdens. Pay for our sin. To wash us clean. That one day, and hopefully soon, we'll live in endless peace under his reign. And all God's people said. I wrote some notes down. Let's see what they say. I, yeah. Like I said, you, you drill down in this and it, it, it becomes more and more beautiful. And so I have a hard time. You ever been at a meal and you're like, I just want to eat the dessert. That's right how I feel right now, Uh, because I just want to get to the good text, because the the beginning text, like I said, it's it's setting the stage, that's the context in which, and Isaiah starts to lay out this this vision, and it's going to be on the other side of the Jordan, and it's going to be beautiful, and it's going to be through actually some more turmoil. He's kind of given some heads up. There's, there's some more battling and so some more wrestling to do. In the Hebrew scripture, this, this, this chapter starts in verse 2. They put the, the, the first verse of 9 with chapter 8. And in certain senses, it makes a lot more sense, you know? Because um, then it rolls into, listen to this, this Jewish poet. Robert Alter, I love his commentaries, but his commentary on this. This is the one, this is one of the most arresting instances of antithetical parallelism in biblical poetry. What he's saying there is he starts to read this and he's, he's caused to pause and notice the beauty of verse 2. Light replaces darkness. Joy replaces death. And deliverance replaces oppression. As you begin this text, you start walking in and you get overwhelmed by this glorious wave of days to come that Isaiah wraps up in these beautiful phrases. You ever been in a place where darkness was lit up? I was driving back from Seattle. I was driving from Seattle to Multnomah 
Bible College, which is right outside of Portland in, in uh, Oregon. And it was foggy and it was cloudy and it was dark. And I remember I was driving and I'm like, this isn't safe. <laughs> I'm not safe on a, clear, on a clear day. I'm definitely not safe right now. So I'm driving down this highway and all of a sudden the fog lifts and the, and the clouds would disappear. And it was like I was just driving through and it was like a wall. I, can't, I drove through it. And all the stars exploded in the sky. And the moon was so bright, I could turn off my headlights. I didn't, but you could turn off your headlights. You ever been like that? Have you ever experienced something like that? That's what Isaiah is is picturing. Um, He keeps going. And then he goes into these military-sounding Verses, right? There's boots trampling. There's blood being spilled. Right? It's like building, and it's building. And what's the, what's this about? Like what? He's he's keying, like much like last week. Remember, we were teeing up, and we're expecting a lion to walk over the walk over the horizon. But John in Revelation, what does he see? He sees the lamb. This same thing. But there's hints that it's different. Because the burdens, the burdens I'll tee this up. You ever seen the movie War Games? 1980s. Um, In it, there's some military folk. I remember watching it for the first time on VHS. Remember? And I remember I was a little on the younger side, like maybe middle school or something. And I remember this general comes onto the scene, and my dad says, nice salad. I'm like, what? I don't see any salad. What's he talking about, military folk? His awards, right? First shocker. Isaiah turns and he says, a child. What? A baby. A defenseless baby. When's the last baby you held? When was the last baby that you held? It's been a minute for me. Anybody here in the last week or so? Grandbabies, great-grandbabies, Patty? Great-grandson. Great-grandson. So vulnerable, so small. Anybody with kids ever like think back to those times and say, I was thinking last night, Elsie, she's an amazing singer, she's an amazing artist. All these things were true as she was a baby, but they were yet to be, right? The Son of God is a baby. This is the season to pause at these moments and soak this in. He's building up like there's going to be this huge war. And then he, he, 
I wonder what Isaiah, how, there's no way he could understand what he's writing, but he, 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 he writes, this baby is coming. And then his salad, his awards, are our burdens, our sins, on his shoulders. That's the Hebrew. He shows up as a war general or a prince of peace. We'll get to that in a second. But unlike any other prince of peace, army commander that's ever been, he's like a child. He's carrying our burdens. That's his wards. That's his badges. And then we get these names. Wonderful counselor. In the Hebrew, it's wonder planner. Wonder planner. My wife last night said, you could have stopped right there and just given me a week to think about that. Wonder planner. He loves to plan wondrous things. Rewind to 2001. I'm standing right here. My wife is standing right here. Tim McCalmont is standing right here. You two are married. Right here. Talk about a wonder planner, right? I circled around the country a couple times. Went to Michigan. Lord, don't bring me there again. Jersey. All those places. Ended up right here. I'm the head pastor of this place. What wonder planner. Everlasting father. Interjects that this Messiah is going to be linked in with the lineage of David. I, I was almost in tears, Linda. It's exactly, that's. He's got us. He's got us before, he's got us now, he's got us forever. Talk about peace. Then he says, he's the prince of peace. And, the, and literally, it's, it, it has this under, under, undergirding, under, this understanding underneath it. Um, it's an army commander. This prince of peace is an army commander. But uh, we were, uh, I was at Daytimers this past Wednesday. And we digress on a regular basis. <laughs> we get off into the woods. But we were having this conversation. is loosely based on the text. But yeah, it was there. Um, and we were talking about when is it going to be learned that war is never the answer. Right? As we're at war with somebody. We attack somebody. That somebody has a little child and that child is going to hate us for the rest of his life and commit to taking us down. That's the cycle, right? And we've been in this cycle. We went through in daytimers. We have people there who were there, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, Iraq. Yeah, just, it, it just keeps going on, right? 
How do we get off this dumb train? This text says, in comes this Prince of Peace. He's a commander like no other. His weapons aren't guns and tanks. His, his weapons are sacrificed love. Laying down his life. This table points to exactly what kind of prince we serve. You don't win by crushing. You win by loving. You win by combating darkness with light. You win by combating brokenness with healing. You know? And then he rolls into this picture of how it's going to be. Have you ever been anxious? Right? I think, I don't know about you, but I think one of the worst parts of being anxious is when you're in those moments that feels like it's going to last forever. This anxiety, I can't see a resolution. I can't see an end to this anxiety. I can't see it. That's one of the worst parts, right? This text, Isaiah has this vision of this Prince of Peace leading us in this time where shalom, completeness, wholeness, wholeness, it it envelops us. And you can't see beyond it. Because there is no beyond it. It's endless. Forever means forever means forever means forever means forever. Put that on repeat for the next couple hours inside your mind. And at the end of that, forever hasn't even started. And then he ends the text. And I'll go back to quoting Robert Alter, the Jewish poet underscores an important theological point in verse 7. Such an ideal ruler can come into being and sit on the throne of David only, only through God's zealous intervention. And I think that's... I'll start with that application. We as the people of God need to get better at crying out to our Heavenly Father to intervene. And we walk across that bridge saying, God, intervene. And we get better and better at receiving His peace. Paul takes... Paul picks this up, and I say it every week in my, my benediction. In the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding. Are you in Christ? Pop quiz, and you guys all A+. Especially Brian, she, he answered on behalf of the congregation. Absolutely. That means we have this resource at our fingertips. We simply need to remember who and whose we are. Enter into that peace. The author of Hebrews says, 
right after the Exodus event, they wandered around a whole generation, wandered around in the desert, longing to get into the Sabbath rest. And the author of Hebrews says, you know, that Sabbath rest, that Sabbath rest is labeled a person. And that person is Jesus, Yeshua Mashiach, Jesus the Christ, the rescuer. And the author of Hebrews says, enter in, enter into the Sabbath rest the day after you proclaim as Lord, and it'll last all throughout eternity. And that's what Isaiah is even seeing a thousand years before Christ. Enter into the rest of Christ, the peace, the shalom that passes all understanding. And I'll even invite you this morning as we take communion together. See as an invitation this time to take commune, commune with our brothers and sisters right here, right now and exchange all your anxiety for this force field, this shield of peace in which Christ offers through this. Let's pray. God, is you have sent your one and only son to carry our burdens and wear them proudly like medals. As you have invited us into your endless kingdom of peace, starting even right now, I pray you've made it so let us live in that truth and all God's people said want to give everybody a heads up. Um, as you can see in our orders of worship and in our bulletins, our giving is behind a little bit. And I just wanted to remind you, if you um, if you're committed to, to giving tithes and giving offerings, please continue to do so. If you haven't filled out um, a pledge card, I ask you to please do so as we plan for this upcoming year. I, there's no doubt in my mind that God will take care. Right? That's what he's proven over and over. Remember, two years ago, we had budgeted, I want to say, 30000 in in the red. Do you remember? 
off the top of your head, I remember it was, it was an outstanding number, but we ended like 10 in the black. And then the same thing happened last year. It's goodness, man. God's goodness is overwhelming and beautiful. Um, as we continue in worship, now our tithes, offerings, and gifts are received. just preaching about this, right? I was just preaching about how he took our burdens and wore them as his medals. 
He took our sin and our shame and he shamed the devil with it. Right? Let's pray. God, I just, I thank you for this table. I thank you for this table. It's not a Presbyterian table. It's not my table. It's your table. And the only requirement is that we need. We're broken and we need. I pray that you would raise us up this morning, right now. And as we commune around this table, may this table be an outward sign and an of an inward reality of us raising up and joining you at that final table where we will sit in endless peace. And all God's people said, the night before he was betrayed, Jesus gathered around the table with his 12 closest friends and his disciples. He said this used to be the bread, the Passover meal. Used to symbolize getting out of Egypt so fast you couldn't wait for it to rise. But I'm making a new covenant with my people. It no longer symbolizes that. It actually symbolizes my body broken for you. Say to your neighbor, the body of Christ. Right now, the body of Christ broken for you after that he lifted up the cup and it used to be the, this used to symbolize the blood over the doorposts that saved the children in the exodus event from the angel of death that would pass over that, that house but it no longer symbolizes that new, this new covenant I'm making with my people. And by my people, I'm anyone who's broken, anyone who needs a savior, anyone who needs rescuing, anyone who needs endless peace. This, this, this is my blood shed for them, shed for you and I. And Paul later adds the words to the Corinthian folk in his letter, as often as we... Eat this bread. Fill, fill your name in there. As we, Steve, Courtney, as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we proclaim that we are covered by the Prince of Peace, our wonder planner, right? And we also proclaim he's coming back. He's going to come back and he's going to wipe the tears from our eyes and we're going to sit around this table for real. In every direction, for all of eternity, there will be peace. Hallelujah, right? The cup of Christ. Take, drink. Please pray again with me. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit. As just we have we come if we've come in here anxious, we drop in that we drop off that anxiety and we leave with your peace. If we come in hurting, mend us back together. May the process begin right now. We lift up our dear sister Sharon. 
pray that you would heal, healer of our sickness. I pray that you would continue to work in the lives of our loved ones as we list them silently before you right now. And I pray and I plead with you, intervene, Heavenly Father, with all the wars that are going around this globe. May be different this week. This week, the second week of Advent, may peace reign first and foremost in our lives as we leave this place, but may it spread. We pray all this in the powerful Savior's name, Jesus the Christ, and all God's people said. Once again, I'm going to do the benediction, and then we're going to sing the Lord's Prayer, and then stick around for the post lead because it's usually pretty darn beautiful, and then we're going to roll into the Fellowship Hall, I'll bless the meal, and we'll celebrate. But for now, would you please put your hands out like this in a posture of receiving? And let me just give you this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, forevermore. May it be so. Amen.